Hello, folks. This is Polly, and I am back with John. Um, and you actually found a new calling, didn't you? My understanding is you work with vets. Yeah, I did, and 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 I don't know if uh, you know anybody that's probably been to treatment. Anybody, actually, probably most people that have gone through early sobriety. You know, you get it outside of that 90 days or so, and you're feeling really good, and that pink cloud is underneath mm-hmm. you, and you you everything is perfect and great with the world and you're going to change the world. And <laughs> yes, that for me, yeah, you're going to change the world. I'm going to work with other alcoholics. I'm going to, I'm going to work with addicts and I'm going to get everybody into this sober life and I'm going to, I'm going to do my part. And I did the same thing. And I, I came out of treatment. I came, I was unemployed because of uh, the incidents and everything that surrounded uh, my downfall. And so I was unemployed, so I was hell-bent and determined I was going to try to find something to make a difference. Um, it, it, as the pink cloud kind of settled back down to reality, it, it went from working with other alcoholics to maybe working with people in recovery to, you know, I'm a veteran. Maybe I can do something with veterans. I don't know. Let's just see what's out there. So um, probably, I guess... Uh, somewhere around four or five months, I talked to a gentleman that was the director for a veterans agency that's, uh, that's here in Mississippi that works with veterans to help them purchase housing and, uh, and works with them getting housing. Um, and he was considering retiring. And uh, we talked, and I got really excited. I said, wow, this is perfect. This is kind of along the same rails. It's not helping people in recovery or anything like that, but I'd be able to work with veterans, help veterans, help some of these young kids coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq and maybe help them get into a house. And um, it, a month later, two months later, he called and it didn't work out. He had decided the board that he worked with, that the board decided to keep him, and he, he changed his mind about retiring. So I kind of did some other things for the next Oh, I guess almost right out of a year and uh, got a call in the middle of the pandemic in September of last year to, from the same director and mm-hmm. said, asked if I was still interested and uh, said that he was definitely retiring. And, and uh, by now everything was kind of clicking along in my life and my sobriety and everything. And I was starting to see some of the ninth step promises, which anybody related with AA knows that, that there are things that, you'll, you start to notice, and, and even if you're not in AA, the longer you stay sober, you start seeing little things happen in your life that never, and it's part of that awareness thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You start seeing things that happen in your life and becoming more aware of uh, a higher power, something else other than I'm not doing this all for myself. Things are just working out. And um, I went and I talked to the board of directors for this agency and I, I I um, I remember telling my wife afterwards because it, it only went about thirty or forty minutes. I said it either went really, really well, <laughs> or it went really, really bad. And probably one of the hardest things in my just over two years now, uh, hardest things to really kind of put in my higher powers' hands because I knew what I wanted. I wanted this job. I wanted to work with veterans. I wanted it. I wanted, 
And I'll never forget, and I've talked about this at meetings in the past, is yeah. I remember asking for God's will to be done. And then I would always put a little footnote after asking for God's will to be done. And I said, and it'd be really nice if I could do this job. If your will happened to be me getting it done. And I knew a couple of the board members were retired generals that I'd worked with in my past. And I'd messaged one of them. And he basically almost told me the same thing. He said, don't worry about it. If it's meant to be, it it will be. You have and, to let um, things, you, you, you have to let things just be, don't yeah. you? And that's one thing we do learn in sobriety is, okay, I've done this. Let's just see what happens next. And I think the one thing I have learned in sobriety um, is it's come huge is patience. Yeah. And I've also learned don't pray for patience and I, I can touch on that, but, <laughs> but it all worked out and I, I, I got the job. Um, I feel like I've made a difference since I've been there. Um, been doing it. It's 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 a thrill every day, and um, I love really love. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I never would have changed anything about my career path had everything that happened to me didn't happen to me. Um, and I can easily look back now. You know, I feel like I'm doing something meaningful in life, whereas before. It might have been meaningful, but I don't know what the meaning of it all was. I, I couldn't, I didn't see where I was really helping anybody or doing anything that just was going to change the world. Not that I'm changing the world now, but I do feel like that what my agency does and what we do for the state and, and for veterans, is, it does make a difference. So, but uh, no, I just thought you were talking about patients. So I've had more alcoholics tell me that are in recovery, tell me, be careful what you pray for, because if you pay, pray for patience, God will give you patience and you will, <laughs> you will, whatever you're looking for or whatever you're wanting or whatever you're waiting to happen, you're going to wait just a little bit longer because that's how, that's how you learn patience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, 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 while I will chivy a process along, I'm not one to sit on my butt and not let things happen. Um, if someone says they're going to get back to me, I give them space to get back to me on something. You know, I'm not that good. I, <laughs> I'm sure you know. <laughs> I want it. I want it now. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that, but I, I've gotten a lot better. And I think sobriety just kind of brings that about. And you get to a point, I think in my impatience, I've learned to just sit back and pause and kind of go, okay, let's, you want it to happen. You want it to happen now. It might not be the best time for it to happen now. And it might not even be the best thing to happen now. You might, it might be something better to come along. I think we reach, um, while we, acceptance is a huge part of sobriety. First, you have to accept that your life has to change well, not your life, you have to change. You have to accept that you have to change. You have to change your mentality. You have to accept, um, you have to accept sobriety for starters because if you can't accept you're going to be sober for the rest of your life, you're going to be struggling with being a dry drunk. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I hate the cliches, but I've heard so many times acceptance is the key. And, 
you know, I think when I first started my step work and working the steps, you know, step one, accepting the fact that I'm powerless over alcohol, my yep. life is unmanageable. I thought it was just about accepting those two things. I was powerless over alcohol and my life had become unmanageable. Easy. No doubt in my mind, those two things were true. And then as I've gone through the steps and as I've gone through sobriety, I've learned acceptance is a lot more than just about those two things. Acceptance is the key. Acceptance is everything. Accepting everything that happens in your life and understanding this is just, it is what it is. Accept it. If I can change it, and, and I'm wildly quoting the serenity prayer here, mm -hmm. if I can change it, then I need to change it. If I can't, I need to accept it and, and just move on and, and let, let things happen the way they're happening. One of our sober sisters, uh, she used the serenity prayer the other day to either accept or change things that were going on at the time. And a few people said that they hadn't realized that there was more to the serenity prayer than just words. Because to a lot of people, the serenity prayer is just words. They don't actually delve into the meaning of it. And like you say, um, accepting and change are two huge things within sobriety. And we have to accept we're not going to drink again. And we have to change our mentality for starters. And we also have to accept that not everybody wants this life, this sober life. And we have to accept that we can't change those people as well because right. there's a lot of people who've, got, who've still got drinking partners or people that drink within their life. You know, and, and I have to watch myself because... I don't know if you do this, but, uh, you know, I love, I, and, and I've made it part of my meditation going through the I Am Sober app and, and looking at the comments from people. And I find myself on, and, and, and I'm not going to say it's just the people that have a lot of resets because it's not. It's some people that have a lot of, that, that have days and months and mm -hmm. maybe even years of sobriety that are on the app that you can read their comments and you go, you hadn't quite just accept it. And I pray for some of them because I know that until you fully accept and understand and, and give in, just give up, basically just give up and, and, and just completely surrender everything that you're not going to totally be sober and you're not going to be happy. And if you don't reach, I think a total mental and physical sobriety where you, you know, am I sober every day? No, I, I, I have moments of breakdown. I, I lose my temper. I, I'm not perfect. It is, it is progress, not perfection for sure. I write the book in that. But when I see these people that, that just continuously struggle with the small things and different things in their life, and it's a continuous struggle, they might not be drinking, but you can tell they just haven't quite made that. And, you know, I feel for them. And, and I think it all in a lot of those cases I can read it. I'm like, you just need to accept that this is how it is and it's not going to change. You're not, what has happened in your life is permanent now, mm -hmm. whether it be stopping drinking, a husband leaving, a boyfriend leaving, um, a child doing the wrong thing or not going down the right path. 
I can't change those things. I can't change other people's behaviors. So I have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I see people, and, and not just on the app, I, it just in life in general, I see people struggle with those things. And I'm like, God, you know, your life would be so much easier if you just accept the things that you can accept and change what you can change. <clears throat> you can only control your own space. That's it. You can't, and someone said to me, put your arms out. So I did. And they said, that's your space. If you spin in a circle, that's what you can control. Put both arms out, spin in a circle, and that's the space you can control. Um, they used a hula hoop. If it's in your hula hoop, you can, can you know, control what's in your... And I did not get that. And I, I, I'll never forget the counselor that kept using that damn hula hoop. And I was like, what is the point of you in that damn hoop? You look stupid. You're a grown man with a hula hoop. And now I look at that. And I go, I get it now. And I, I need to go back and I need to make amends with the guy and explain to him, okay, your hula hoop looks stupid, but I totally understand it and get it now. I actually, I was on a cruise many, many years ago. And one of the competitions was hula hoop, funny enough. And I won. <laughs> it was who could keep that hula hoop, hula hooping for the longest. And mine stayed up the longest. Yeah, I, I won the dance contest on our cruise, not the hula yeah, hoop. I, I didn't did win the, the dance. I, I don't know how. And it's always alcohol is the prize, isn't it? It's, <laughs> uh, is it? it's alcohol. What is it? Give me a bunch of flowers next time. But anyway, it's. Um, but I agree with you in that acceptance is huge i have to i mean my husband's a vet as i said and he's a very very sick vet he is 100 service connected sick and i think i learned to live one day at a time before i got sober because um when you've got someone who's sick like that you just take it one day at a time because you can't know what's going to happen and i think that was good education for me Um, because yeah I know what's going to happen tomorrow I'm going to take him to dialysis but that's about uh, as much as I know for tomorrow yeah yeah and depending on and I know I accept I'm going to watch the England game this afternoon and anybody watching England are going to definitely win this this afternoon two o'clock I'm watching the England game so do not disturb (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, are, they, are they playing there in Texas? I'm still trying to find out. I what wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm still trying to find out what part of Texas you're in that has the England game and that accent that you carry. The part that's in my lounge. And <laughs> <laughs> the TV. That's the part in Texas that's got the England game. And also, funny enough, my I don't like to call her my stepdaughter. I call her my daughter. They've become huge soccer as you call it here fans so they will be sat around their tv this afternoon rooting for england um but i think i i love my life um i don't know about you and you talking earlier about the feeling inside when you were you were fully present and able to go and pick your son up and make sure he got home safe that is that is big as a parent, isn't it? To be there for your child. doesn't matter yeah. how old they get. I've got a baby who's going to be 50 next year. So <laughs> that's yeah. scary. But to be there for them, it's huge. Oh, yeah. And, and then to think back to even when he was in high school and, and, 
and you know, you, you never want to think this, but you always think it as a parent. What if something happens? What if I have to go to the police station? What if I have to go pick them up? What if, and I can remember sitting in my living room drinking and going, well, I hope nothing happens tonight because I damn sure can't get out and go get anybody. I can't do these things. So, you know, you're almost paralyzing yourself to be in a good parent. And, you know, my, I've got a 19-year-old daughter and I tell her the same thing. I said, look, be smart. I, I know what's going on out there. If you have one drink, it's one drink too many. Let me come get you. And to be able to be a parent and to be able to care and to be able to, and, and not just to pick up and be a shuttle service, but just so many things. You know, two weekends ago, I moved my daughter back to, to, her, to her new apartment in college. I wasn't happy about it. She chose to do it on the weekend of the 4th of July. But <laughs> I look back, you know, I look back now and I'm like, why are you fussing about it? You should be thankful that she needs your help, that she wants your help. And I'm able to be there for, you know, uh, don't don't tell her I said any of that because I'm still wanting her to know that she made the wrong choice to do it on the holiday <laughs> week. But my thinking on that what would be okay, but there's a Fourth of July next year. It's true. This is true, and uh, yeah, it you know, and I just thank God that as a father, I'm able to be a father. I know and, a lot. Yeah, I know a lot of people struggled with COVID, etc. Um, I got sober during COVID again, and I'm saying this time. I haven't given up alcohol. I'm sober. I'm sober now. That's that's my identity. Is I'm I'm a sober person. Do I get you know? That's not all of me though. Um, and I kept thinking with COVID, at some point, it'll end and things will come back. Well, maybe not the same way, but they will come back. And I'm a great believer that. You could manage to get yourself through nearly anything in life. Nothing is insurmountable. Nothing is impossible. I don't know how you feel about that. My dad used to always turn around and said, "There is one sure thing that is going to tell that going to that is going to kill you." I say what? He said, shortage of breath. He said, when you can't breathe, <laughs> you're dead. He said, that's the only thing. Nothing else will. Yeah. So, you know. No, I and I, I truly believe that. And, you know, I, I, my kids, you know, my wife, my children, they suffered through all of my drinking. Yep. I wasn't there. And when I was there, I wasn't present. And, you know, Yes, I am I perfect. I told I talked about it earlier. I'm not perfect in any means. I still lose my temper. I get frustrated about having to move on the fourth of July weekend. I, I you know, but I'm at least here. I'm at least there. I'm present. I'm not you know, I, I don't even want to know what that weekend would have. I, I don't even know if I would have done it. I might have just said, no, it's the 4th of July weekend. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do what I always did on the 4th of July. So, you know, I owe it to my kids. I owe it to my wife to at least give them this time now. And I think I think also we're, we're so lucky in that um, our family 
I would say forgiven. We are forgiven in some ways. We, we worked, we, we have to work for that forgiveness. But that's an everyday thing. That's in us being sober and being present and being there for the people that were there for us working towards uh, rebuilding. Yeah, and I, and I think going back into the AA thing, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's part of my living amends to my wife and to my kids. Yes. It's the only way I can truly be sorry for my actions in the past is to now give them a living amends and be a better father, be a better husband, and to do better than I have the previous 18 years of their lives. So it's... And to be given that second chance to do this. Yes. It's gold. It really is. Um, AA is when it was first, um, was it 1936, is it, or 35? 36, I think you're. 36. Um, it was based around um, God. But I love the expression um, because I'm not, I was raised Catholic, but I'm, I wouldn't say I was a religious person. Um, I believe, but I love the expression. The one expression that did sit with me because a lot of people have trouble with AA thinking it's very religious based and it's not. Um, the, the words that I always accepted were a God of my understanding. Yeah because um, we call it God, some people call it Allah, some people call it Jehovah, he's got many, many names. And um, a God of my understanding was, nature was my God, actually. Nature was where I found my serenity and my, my, my peace with myself. And I think that to me is, I don't know, a God of my understanding, the place where I find my peace. Does that make yeah, sense to you? And, yeah, I, I grew up Catholic as well, and we still practice. I still go to church, but I get my true religion, my true, spirit, true spirituality from my meetings, from my meditations, from my prayer, um, and the man pouring concrete into his wheelbarrow. That is truly my religion, and seeing things that that make me think and that 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 you know and it might sound silly to consider something like a man pouring concrete but that to me it reminded me of what and everything that my father did and gave to me and and to see those things and to see how creative and to think about how creative my dad was was he always successful oh hell no <laughs> it was, but he was and, human and none of us so, he did, you know, yeah he wasn't perfect and but to, to see those things, that to me is the spirituality and the God in my life. Um, you know, um, watching my cat find joy and chasing a piece of string around the floor and stuff, that, that, that to me is just comical and that's the God of my life. I, I, You've I, got I a cat that chases string? Mine brings me snakes. 
Oh no, mine's uh, not. Get, mine's the little, little kitten, so no, no snakes yet. But no, we get little snakes, little grass snakes, and cockroaches. Mine better, mine better stay inside and stay away from the snakes. But well, there's chickens uh, at the bottom of the garden, and so we get Texas ice mice. <laughs> like, oh lord! <laughs> yeah. No, no, my wife no. would. Uh, I, I think the cat would be gone if the cat started bringing animals up to the yeah. door. But sorry, I somebody I was that. talking to. I, I read or saw somewhere where somebody there. Their higher power, their God, of their understanding, they they did not refer to him as God or Allah. It was Bob. Yes, I thought that was uh, Bob. And I knew I had a friend who actually they turned it around. It was dog, not God. Dog. It was dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, we it, we can call it anything we want to within our own mind because this is where we do a lot of our work. We have our community. We have our connections, which are so vital in the journey to sobriety but we also have our mind and this is the place where we do the hardest work you know the thinking that's um the brain the mind the, the all of that is such a big huge pivotal part of all of it and you know that's i think that's part of going it goes back to having those routines and having those those set programs and things that work for mm-hmm. you it's getting your brain programmed and set in a manner that this is the way my day goes every day and then accepting the fact and using that acceptance when it doesn't go that way when i'm out of town because i'm moving my daughter or i'm doing something else and mm-hmm. i can't make a two o'clock meeting it doesn't mean that my day is gonna just fall apart and oh my god it's the end of the world it's you know what I'll go to a meeting tomorrow at this time, or I'll do this instead, or finding a way to adapt. And, and when change happens, adapting to that change. And I, you know, you, you know, people are afraid of change and that, that just kills me. Cause I look at, I, I, I was probably one of those people that feared change. Change was probably one of those big fears in my step four list that I, I created. Um, and now I almost have to embrace change because I look at how much my life has changed in two years. If I look back at the last two years, it looks like a lifetime to me because I feel like I've had a lifetime of change in two years. You know, more things have happened and more and not all positive, but even out of the negative, positive things have come out of them. And and I think I tell people all all the time, no matter how bad things might seem right now, you know, it got me through my mother's death. It's yeah. horrible and as bad a time as that was, being there with her was, I look back and, and holding her hand until she took that last breath. I wouldn't have done that. I would have, wouldn't have gotten that chance. And, and to have that ability and to have that chance and to find the positives and even the bad things and the negatives and, and, now when things bad happen, I, I go, I'm going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And then when something positive happens tomorrow or the next day, it's going to be so much better. And I'm going to see it so much, so differently now. It, it's just, I don't know. The, the Being able to feel and have emotions is just an amazing thing. Feelings are wonderful. And I think everything you just said, there's just one word totally at the front of my mind that we talked about, 
acceptance and we accept life on life's terms. Is life always wonderful? No, and we have to accept that. I also have lost my parents. I lost my first husband. I've lost a sister. I cannot bring them back. I cannot change the fact they're gone. I have to accept the fact they're gone and accept the memories that they left with me with, you know. And um, I think just accepting life is what we've done in sobriety. We've accepted our life. And we, I think for many years, we didn't even do it. We didn't live. We, well, I don't know about you, but I didn't. I wasn't no. anywhere on the, within the, the spectrum of living. I went about my day. I did what I was supposed to do. I functioned, but I didn't live. Now, like you say about the emotions, the happy emotions, um, and I think, here we go again, accepting all the emotions, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the crappy days, the good days, the days where you see something that just makes you chuckle so much, and those happen a lot more often. Are you finding that you are laughing more often? Oh, God, yes. Yes, and, and healthier, heartier laughs about <laughs> <laughs> and, and just sometimes the strangest things, the cat bringing a snake up to the door. I don't know. <laughs> Lucky it hadn't happened, but that, it can be funny. And, you know, um, yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember who it was that was talking about it the other day, but somebody was talking about um, how so many more things are now so apparent and that they see so many different things. And and they didn't think, oh, I think it was your inter the interview with Cece. Yeah. She was talking about, um, Karina, yeah. she didn't think she could be funny without alcohol. That was it, yes. And now she's, she's realizing I'm actually a funny person and people enjoy being around me. And, and I, I've had to kind of reteach and relearn that over the last two years that, you know, and, and you know what, again, uh, I hate to bring the word up again, but it's acceptance. Yes. I go into social events and I don't worry about, am I going to be the life of the party? Is everybody going to want to talk to me? Is every, you know, it is what it is. If people come up and talk, I'm okay going to a party and being off to the side and just observing and just being people a part watching. Of the yeah, and just being a part of the moment. I don't have to be the one standing up or doing the shots at the bar and, and passing out shots. I, I can I can be the quiet person on the side. And and if you want to talk to me, if Polly wants to talk to me, Polly will come talk to me. Or I can That's go it. to Polly and we can talk. And if we talk, we talk. If not, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you have got and, a beautiful smile on your face. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a life is good sober yeah. life is excuse my French it's fucking amazing <laughs> it is fucking amazing and it's I I, I wouldn't you know I I went I told you I went to see my son perform last night and um it was at a bar slash coffee shop I don't know how you have a coffee shop that's a bar but it was and most of the people were drinking but you know I just enjoy being in the moment um watching my son perform and and getting to see something that uh, i remember all of it i you know it was it was it was a great moment moments 
time moments every like it's just so much better without the alcohol and i never thought i would i was i was like cc i did the pre-planning the pre-partying and and i drank before because i knew the anxiety was going to be through the roof and mm-hmm. and uh let me go ahead and and take the edge off now and then by the time i got to the party i was already half hammered and but god i was funny no i wasn't <laughs> what the hell you were hammered. Was gonna be a, you know Delusional thinking again. <laughs> Very delusional. And just accept I, who I am. Accept I what accept, I contribute. I accept who you are. I've, I've loved talking to you. It's been gorgeous. And I love how these conversations trigger small things within people's minds. I have learned and I am still learning so much. I have, I listen to a podcast or I listen to what someone says and I have aha moments that say, that yep. to me go, oh yeah, I didn't realize that. And th- those are, those are the golden moments. And um, I call I, them aha, those aha moments, I call them God winks. God winks. Okay, then I'll take a few God winks as I go along. I've had a few this last week that I've enjoyed. And some of them was recognizing a feeling that I'd had before, but recognizing it sooner so that I could do the the work to get myself through it quicker. And I think that's one of the good things in sobriety is you start to recognize different feelings, especially feelings that you don't realize how tired you are. And that's one thing can trip you up is when you get tired. But now I recognize that and I go, okay, step back. Here we go with the pause. You have to step back. You have to pause. You have to refocus, recharge, and then put your shoes back on and get back on. You know, yeah. it's it, it's life. And I've enjoyed this, John. Thank you so much. It's been great. I, I'm not sure if it's exactly what Drifter was wanting, but you know what? It is what it is. It's a, it's a talk. You know and peop, people can relate to it. Drifter can accept it. That's it. We're <laughs> That is, that is, I think that's what we call this follow-up, acceptance. Acceptance of a good life. And it is a good life, people. It's a beautiful life. John, thank you for accepting my invitation. I've enjoyed it. Um, Maybe we can do this again sometime a little bit further down the road. But thank you very, very much, John. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it. It's always great. Yeah, thanks.